As Mizzou football practice opens, I want to talk about the five most important positions on the team, including why I don't think it's actually edge rusher on defense. So I want to talk about that and open up the mailbag coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts, including on the SiriusXM app, where, of course, you can listen to the Women's World Cup tonight as the USA takes on Portugal and on your radio dial as well. So definitely check all that out, the Major League Baseball action, everything you can possibly get, of course, once again over on the SiriusXM app. But we got to talk Missouri Tigers football because obviously, as I record here, well, actually the Tigers are practicing as I speak here live. And simply put, 2023, it just has to be the year for Eli Drinkwitz. The year so far, his best season to date. I, I really believe that. If that doesn't happen, well, I, I think all bets are off this off season. And simply put, if Missouri doesn't come through with a winning season this year, I think all that 2022 woulda, coulda, shoulda kind of argument that I've been making on this program, I think you toss it out the window at that point. So, what does that mean? Well, the good news is Missouri has a lot of returning production on this ball club, as I've talk, talked about many times, but there certainly are some important position groups that are not 100% settled. Quarterback and offensive line are the obvious ones. Certainly in this offseason, Missouri, I think, did about as good a job as it possibly could have in terms of plugging and playing some different offensive linemen here. Cameron Johnson transferring from Houston, joining his old offensive line coach with Missouri. And I, I just think they did a pretty good job there. I think probably four spots there are looking pretty good. The fifth spot, you know, we'll just have to see. One of those guard spots, I think, is up for grabs. So, and the quarterback position, obviously, I think Brady Cook is the leader in the clubhouse right now, as Eli Drinkwitz has said. But I think maybe the, the gap is a little bit bigger than people realize at this point. Regardless of who the quarterback is, it's got to be better play than it was with a mostly injured Brady Cook for the lion's share of last season. But you know what? When it comes to the defensive side of the ball, of course, a tremendous amount of returning production there as well. Obviously, at linebacker with Chad Bailey and Tyron Hopper. But as I've said all offseason, I really think Chris Abrams-Drain, Ennis Rakestraw, their ability to play press coverage and just throw off the timing of receivers and the offense in general. So much of today's RPO games in general, the air raid, quick passing type offenses that we see, those type of concepts that, of course, Mike Leach, the, the late, great Mike Leach helped make famous down at Texas Tech. Well, when the ball's coming out of your hands that quickly, it's got to be with good timing. I think what we saw over and over again, even against the Georgia Bulldogs, certainly against South Carolina and Kentucky last year, Missouri's 
secondary was really able to disrupt things. But unfortunately, what we saw against Tennessee was Missouri giving up 700-plus yards in that particular ball game. I mean, really, if it wasn't for that game and to a somewhat lesser extent the Kansas State game, I mean, you're looking at maybe an all-time great Missouri defense, but obviously that game makes you pause and go, wow, Tennessee really found something to exploit there. Now, the thing is with Tennessee, they had so many good receivers last season, and in particular a well-designed offense, of course, by Josh Heupel, that when it finds a weakness or something that it can exploit, boy, it just keeps doing it over and over and over again. So actually, to me, even more important than edge rushing because, again, with those corners, the ability to disrupt things, you can bring more guys in 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 the rush as well. You can blitz more, quite simply. Bring five, six, even occasionally seven guys. Probably not very often, more like five or six. But the safeties in coverage to me is more important because all those, all those reasons I just laid out are more important than – the edge rushers, the safeties in coverage, whether it's Char- Joseph Charleston, whether it's Jalen Carlisle, whoever it might be, they have to be better this year because time and time again last year, it wasn't Rake Straw, it wasn't Abrams Drain against Tennessee when I say time and time again. I don't mean this happened a lot last season. See, that's the thing. I don't want to overstate this weakness here, but against top-tier offenses like we expect Tennessee to be once again, or at least that's the consensus, right? LSU, Georgia, I think Georgia's receivers, I expect them to be a little bit better, especially with Dominic Lovett, the former Tiger, in the fold this season. So that is something that Missouri has to worry about. I do think that Dalen Carnell improves coverage by being the main guy at the star position, as well being a former four-star corner. We'll just have to see. But speaking of safeties, by the way, we do have one piece of injury information already out of fall camp here, even though, well, I suppose it's just officially starting as I speak here. Isaac Thompson, Missouri safety, going to miss camp with a, quote, lower body injury in a very secretive and National Hockey League-style injury update there. Some people didn't quite get that joke on Twitter. Folks, I, I was just kidding. It's not that big. I don't know what if they thought I was making fun of hockey or something. Well, I was making fun of hockey, not their toughness, just the utter secrecy of the – it's always upper body and lower body. That's what they do in hockey, at least from what I've – noticed but regardless obviously that's a bit of a bummer Isaac Thompson a a guy who was definitely expected to compete for time but at the same time I think with Marvin Burks being expected another young safety who's competing for time Missouri has pretty good depth at that position although I again I would like to see some competition there because admittedly I'm not quite as high as you can tell on Carlisle and Charleston as maybe the rest of the Missouri beat is and conventional wisdom is and since we have been getting a little bit of rain here this morning in Columbia the Tigers did move inside to their sparkling new practice facility a lot of images being thrown out there on Missouri's 
social media this morning. And I got to say, I was really impressed by how it looked and also amused by, well, not very many people, a very small number of people online who just sort of reactionarily said, well, it doesn't look that impressive inside there. Of course, all I, all I could say to that was, well, compared to what? Because I did a very, very cursory and quick Google search of Alabama's indoor practice facility and also Georgia's indoor practice facility. I actually think Missouri's looks probably a little bit better than Alabama's and very, very comparable to Georgia's. I don't know. I mean, obviously Missouri's is brand new, but they're very, 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 very similar buildings. The structure, it's just a metal building with you know, a roof on top of it, you know, some windows on the side. In Missouri's case, you've got garage doors that are that are see-through. So I don't know. I think it actually is a great addition for Missouri, the fact that they were able to get it done on time, apparently relatively close to budget. I never heard anything about it bleeding Missouri too dry in that, in that account. But again, it's done. It looks pretty good. I think this is a big win for Missouri and its football facilities. No doubt that it's come an incredibly, incredibly long way in the past two to three decades here or so. And you know what? Speaking of a couple decades from now, or a couple decades, two, three decades ago, I suppose. Well, I did make mention of the 1997 Nebraska game recently, and also the fifth down game in passing as well. Well, I got a, a good question from one of my, from an old friend and a longtime listener, Mr. Mizzou Mike 03, and he was asking me about Bob Stull. Hey, actually, if that fifth down game goes a little differently, could the entire Bob Stull era? have gone uh, gone down differently? Well, I think that's a really good question and one I want to answer coming right up and also open up the mailbag, answer a bunch of other Missouri questions as well. Coming right up. But you know what? First, as you know, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Add your vehicle to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. And for you everydayers, coming up on the next episode, I'm going to bring back Brian Smith to talk Mizzou football recruiting. Of course, things seem to really be heating up with Ryan Wingo. Williams Nowerny, and even receiver Jeremiah McClellan. All three in-state guys. Why is Missouri suddenly hot on the trail for three big-time guys in the state when 
gosh, just a month or two ago, that seemed really unlikely. Well, I'm going to ask Brian Smith that question on the next edition of Locked on Mizzou. But you know what? I do need to round out my top five there. I told you I was going to give you a top five, and I believe I only gave you four in terms of my biggest concerns, the hinges of whether this Missouri team is going to live up to our highest expectations, hit its ceiling, or perhaps hit the floor. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But I didn't mention the tight ends. And I think offensively, I don't know, I think we've almost come as Missouri fans to take the tight end position for granted. Now, of course, the glory days of the tight end position at Missouri under Gary Pinkle were when Chase Kaufman and Martin Rucker, Michael Agnew were running around and, and catching 100 balls a year sometimes, some 80, 90, 100 balls a year sometimes in that range. But of course, those guys were really slot receivers when you when you really get down to it most of the time. That's not an insult. That's just simply the positions that they were playing in the Missouri offense, and they did them, they did them quite well, by the way. But, of course, Missouri, under Eli Drinkwitz, plays a much more traditional tight end system, attaching those guys to the line of scrimmage, and more often than not, they're being asked to block. In fact, there basically have been total afterthoughts in the passing game so far. I'm not so sure if that's by design, if that's a preference by Eli Drinkwitz, or maybe just a failure, more likely in my opinion, a failure to identify talent and develop talent at that position. To me, if Missouri can, whether it's whether it's a, a, a young guy, a, a guy on the roster who played a ton last year, Somebody like Stevens, maybe it's Ryan Horstcamp, the young fella. Maybe he breaks through this year. Another young guy, Brett Norfleet, perhaps. It doesn't matter who it is, but if there's a guy in there who can maybe get five, six, seven hundred yards, okay, seven hundred's a lot. Let's say three to five hundred yards out of the tight end position this year. That's not that's not a crazy thing to expect, and I think if you actually saw that happen, you'd be surprised how much it would open up the Missouri offense in certain ways because defensively, let's face it, if you've scouted Missouri at all and you're, a, you're an off-ball linebacker, a safety, and your job is to cover the tight end either man-to-man at times or especially man-to-man but even in zone at times and you see that tight end is not going out in a route well what do you do you can abandon your responsibility guarding him freelance double team the inside and really kind of gum up the works a little bit for a defense where there's again the middle of the field you have to account for that tight end in the running game and the passing game That just puts you on your heels so much more as a defender, and I think that's something that's really been lost for Missouri under Drinkwitz the last few years. And now let's take a trip in the old Wayback Machine for just a second here. Again, Mizzou Mike 03 on Twitter asks the following. He says, I got goosebumps thinking about that 97 Nebraska game again. I would argue, though, that Stull might have gained some decent traction Had we beaten Colorado in 1990, of course, the fifth down season, I want to say we beat a nationally ranked Arizona State the week before that game. Well, indeed, Mike is correct. Before the fifth down game, where Missouri lost 33-31 to in very famous fashion, the Tigers did beat 21st-ranked Arizona 30-7 
to nine at home. So a really impressive win there on paper for sure. But you take a little bit closer look, it turns out that 1990 Sun Devils team, while, yeah, at the time they were ranked 21st, well, that team was maybe the most disappointing team in the entire, in the entire country that year with a 4-7 and seven record ultimately. So obviously, Arizona State, more of a sign that they weren't very good that year than necessarily Missouri was better than we expected. Of course, the prior week from Arizona, Missouri traveled to Bloomington, Indiana. Indiana, not exactly the Hoosiers, not exactly known for great football throughout their history. Well, they were good enough that day to beat Missouri 58-7. to Of course, after the fifth down game, Nebraska puts it on Missouri 69-21 to and really, obviously, beating Kansas State and Kansas to finish out the last few weeks. Well, that was about all that was – that was about the only happy moments of that particular season other than that Arizona State win. So, you know what, Mike? I thought maybe you had a point. I really did until I started to look a bit closer into it. And that Arizona State win, nothing to really write home about. So, unfortunately, while Bob still – maybe there is an alternate universe where it could have worked out, uh, I think my original take was probably on the money. And coming up on the show, why Mike Gundy, the Oklahoma State football coach, actually has a point, but Bill Self is still a jerk. Coming up right after these quick messages. Well, of course, Kansas fans are going to call me a hypocrite for this next segment, but here's how much I care about that particular reality. But Here's the thing. I, I really do, even though I, I still think Bill Self's thing all those years ago with <laughs> conference realignment, here we are, right? I'm just realizing I'm talking about it yet again. What can I say? Colorado, going back to the Big 12, has dredged up a lot of old feelings and petty arguments, apparently. So darn it, I'm going to jump in and get petty myself. But seriously, the whole Bill Self thing, his his point was basically, hey, well, we don't need to play Missouri. We're going to do what's best for Kansas, obviously, after the Tigers bolted for the SEC. And to that point, okay, I get it. In theory, you should do what's best for your for the team that you're coaching. No problems there. But while Kansas obviously didn't need Missouri, it's not as though that basketball program fell off the, a cliff the last decade by any means. That would be a stupid argument to make. But did it help Kansas? Was it better for college basketball in general, for Kansas fans in general, that the Missouri and Kansas rivalry didn't continue? Well, certainly that had given them something interesting every other year, at least at in Lawrence or in Kansas City every year, I suppose, to at least watch a football game that maybe gets the juices flowing a little bit. Because certainly until this last season where the Jayhawks went 6-7 and seven and want to build their new coach a statue, there hadn't been a lot to cheer about in Lawrence for football the last decade or so. So yeah, I think the longest going rivalry for it to that point up until a decade or so ago west of the Mississippi – yeah, call me crazy. I think that was something worth preserving. And here's the deal. It is different with the Bedlam rivalry, with Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. I sort of understand Oklahoma State's point a little bit more. Is it petty a little bit? Yeah, I suppose it is. But here's what I maintain. Oklahoma 
is one of obviously the great college football programs of all time. And, and it, along with Texas, has all the leverage and power in the world in this situation. And of course, back in the days of the Big 12, unlike the SEC, well, Oklahoma and Texas negotiated a bigger piece of the pie, right? And in some ways, hey, good for them, I guess. You got the leverage to do it, wonderful. But at the same time, what I'm saying is, is Oklahoma truly is truly, truly chose to leave Oklahoma State and the conference and that bedlam rivalry. I maintain that a decade plus ago when Missouri left for the SEC and the state of the Big 12 at the time when three teams already had left the conference prior to Missouri, I just don't think Missouri really had a choice but to go to the SEC or the Big 10 for that matter, because there really was a real fear that so far it hasn't been realized by the teams that were left over from the old Big 8 and the old Big 12, but there was a thought that maybe they'll disperse to the Mountain West or what? who knows, someday whatever remains of the Pac-12 or something like that. I'm sorry, there's no scenario in which I would prefer Missouri being in the Pac-12 over the SEC. And this idea that, well, Missouri should have just hung around and it would have kept us all together. I'm sorry, Missouri doesn't have that kind of power. Oklahoma and Texas do have that kind of power. And ironically, those two big rivals together, well, they were so, they essentially teamed up and essentially put the final nail in the coffin of what was the original Big 12 conference. Of course, there still is a Big 12 conference and you know, they're going to have seven now of the original members still left with Colorado joining, but it's going to be a weird amalgamation of sort of geographically teams that are dispersed all over the place, and it's just not the same thing. And frankly, a lot of this is Oklahoma's fault as much as it is Texas's fault. So while it is sort of a petty thing, and maybe ultimately it isn't great, for the Cowboys and their fans. If the Oklahoma rivalry doesn't continue, who's really winning there? So at the same time, though, I think they at least have some point to stand on. I do hope that rivalry continues again, though. At some point, just like Texas and Texas A&M is going to continue now again, that's one plus, of course, of the Horns leaving. But And obviously the Missouri and Kansas thing has started up again as well. So I'll give I'll give Bill Self a little bit of credit there for seeing the light eventually. But you know what? Regardless, thanks a lot for listening to Locked on Mizzou again for you every dayers. You got to check out my next episode, Brian Smith. We're going to talk recruiting. We got to get you the straight dirt, the latest information on Williams, Nowarney, Ryan Wingo, and of course, Jeremiah McClellan as well. So check it out on your feed, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts right here on Locked on Mizzou. 